welcome to week 19 of podcasting. Today is nothing but sunshine. In fact, at some point, I had to move away from basking. My skin had had it. I was content to look for some cooler corner in the living room and continue my day. I hope the sun will shine again tomorrow. During our time outdoors, I also saw some really fluffy cows. You would almost think they have blankets thrown on their backs. Sure, God knows his creatures that live in cold places need some extra warmth. Did you know that your quaking heart can have the complete warmth of his presence when the sun of trial sparks hot? Oh, yes. I hope that in your quaking journey, you sense the warmth of your father's embrace. Today, we are on obedience. Again, welcome to the 19th podcast, where mundane meets mastery, coming to you from the northern hemisphere of the beautiful continent of Europe. I am your host, Beryl Aseno Nyamwange. Welcome again, Wednesday. It's the day I choose to talk about quaiting. Hey, come to the arena where the little things are the big things, where everyday living is the best life, where every day has something worth highlighting, where boredom is taken to the boardroom of the mind and comes out bearing rich thoughts that build hearts' walls. Here we speak potential, inspiration, edification. Eat the pie. Taste the sweet and savory in the world of words and growth. Here we are becoming. Proverbs 16.23 says the sweetness of the lips increases learning. Obedience. What is obedience? I think it's compliance with an order, a request, or law or submission to another's authority. Obedience is dutifulness. It is amenability. You can even say respect. It is submission, it is meekness, acceptance of duty. This comes with discipline and yet some malleability that is willing to be guided. But the opposite of obedience is rebellion, I would say, and in fact, disobedience. Why is obedience important? I think one of the reasons obedience is an aspect of life is that we are creatures governed by certain guidelines, which are often determined by the time factor. This can be called rules. For example, if we fail to obey the rule of study for exams, we're likely to fail. If we do not obey the rule for sleep, we're likely to be worn out and tired. Or if we do not respond to hunger, we're likely to be malnourished. So, there's a cause and effect relationship. Obedience is therefore important because it enables our lives to run in an orderly fashion. Disobedience, on the other hand, can lead to chaos. Think of the traffic lights, for example. The day all the drivers choose to disobey the rules of traffic is the day no one ever gets home on time and several accidents will make breaking news. But that won't happen as long as the lights are working and there are no drunk drivers except the ones that drank water and fresh juice. (laughs) Obedience is key to a fulfilling life. The other reason that we are wired to respond to certain aspects of natural law, it's because the time factor is a reality. There's a time for every purpose under heaven, the wise man said. But what is obedient love? It is love that responds without complaining. It does not prioritize convenience and it does not tolerate compromise. So we all have those moments, even as early as childhood, when we did not obey. Sometimes we were asked to stay in the room for a few minutes and thus miss out on play. 
or we were spanked. If we cried, that was just part of the deal. In adulthood, the consequences of disobedience may not be the same. I'll tell you a story. A Persian legend runs that a king needed a faithful servant, and two men were candidates for the office. He took both at fixed wages, and his first order was to fill a basket with water from a neighboring well, saying that he would come in the evening and see their work. After putting in one or two bucketfuls, one man said, What is the good of doing this useless work? As soon as we put the water in one side, it runs out the other. The other man answered, But we have our wages, haven't we? The use is the master's business, not ours. I'm not going to do such fool's work, replied the first man. Throwing down his bucket, he went away. The other man continued until he had exhausted the well. Looking down into it, he saw something shining, a diamond ring. Now I see the use of pouring water into a basket, he cried. If the bucket had brought up the ring before the well was emptied, it would have been found in the basket. Our work was not useless after all. We must believe that the divine master knows what is best and obey obey, obey his commands, and in due time, we will know and understand. Christian Herald. Sometimes we find it difficult to obey in our waiting because of many reasons. Like in this case, the waiting is tedious and there is no end in sight. The purpose seems useless and there are no tangible benefits. The tools for waiting don't seem to work anymore, like the listening ear you trusted and has since chosen to betray you. Sometimes it is our own minds that cannot comprehend what the outcome will be. And if we can't see it in our mind's eye, we conclude that the task involved is not worth it. Or the office has become an uncomfortable zone where your questions are not being answered. Nothing seems to make sense. The dinner table has dinner, but the hearts partaking are not dining together. Sometimes, the quitting involves wondering why you qualify for such a hassle when in your own view, you have met the requirements that entitle you to joy and quick answers. Is our quitting useless? Is obedience worth it? Is digging through the pile of options worth it? Is monotony year after year leading to anything? You bet. Your quitting is not in vain. Is it worth your time and intelligence to pour your dreams into what looks like a failed adventure? Only if you know the dream giver, the purpose of the dreams, and his wiring of you to bring them to pass. In other words, to cause that dream to be fulfilled, to be realized. So, a few facts we have established regarding obedient love is that it responds without complaining. It does not prioritize convenience, and it does not tolerate Compromise. The truth is, all manner of obedience or lack thereof come with consequences. Complaining would reduce us to nothing but begrudging creatures with ungrateful hearts. We would most likely end up miserable and pitiful. We would succumb to worry and fear and would see no options. We would fail to grab at opportunities and be quick to problematize everything. With complaining, we would see lack where there is abundance and fear instead of faith, 
our countenances would be fallen instead of shining? Is that picture grim enough to let us free from the path of complaining? Our voices would be sore, trying to drive our opinions when the best option would probably be to listen. And we would obviously fail to listen to the advice of others because we'll be full of ourselves. I know you don't want that, neither do I. So, complaining is out. Obedient love is not a complainer whose energies are spent on negativity. The Book of Wisdom says, Do all things without murmuring and disputings and complainings. Philippians 2 verse 14. Did I just read everything? Yes, do all things without murmurings and disputings. And if everything seems like an impossibility, here is another do promise. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4 verse 13. So, obedient love, no complaints. Obedient love also shuns convenience. Yes, there's a place for convenience, but not in matters of principle. For example, I can choose to walk to a nearby shop or drive. If it's raining, driving is a great and welcome convenience. But to choose convenience for the sake of brushing away responsibility that may have great consequences to my well-being, to your well-being and our conscience is not a road worth adventuring into. Convenience can lead to lethargy. It can lead to the doing of tasks half-heartedly, hoping something better will come. But how can we be trusted with the better if the good doesn't have a perfect touch? Remember in the story, the man who simply walked away, he felt inconvenienced by what he was asked to do. He was hoping for something better, but he missed the best too. In our quoting, convenience will only lead to shallow thoughts, superficial performance, and scanty service. We want to do our best right where we are and trust the future into the hands of the one who knows right where we will be tomorrow. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Obedient love does not compromise. It does not expediently accept standards that are lower than is desirable. It does not defer its duties to someone else based on feelings. The outcome is not less than expected. Maybe you're doing this job at the moment, hoping for a better one in the future. You're getting this lethargic feeling that it's now not worth it. It is showing by what time you show up at work or even the tone of voice you choose to use on your colleagues when they ask simple questions. Maybe you have invited, you have been invited for a team dinner but the excuses on your plate seem more than the value of the dish you will be served. Stuff is happening, and maybe you are struggling with how to deal with it. Compromise is creeping in, and it's getting hard to close the door against it. But we will see how to conquer that in a bit. Or the marriage proposal has come to your feet. There's just this one hitch that is glaring at you with doubt, but you're silent about it. But there's a louder voice that is shouting, don't worry, she will change, he will change. Tough decisions, right? The business proposal has come through. The business proposal has come through. Oh, yes, it has. But, but, you see compromise. Someone has manipulated the list in order for them to win the tender. And you know it. Silence or speech? 
at the loss of your job? These are real situations several people face on a daily basis. They may be as invisible as the diamond at the bottom of the well in our story. When do we walk away? When do we keep pouring our ambitions into what seem like empty holes? How do we know? These are some of the questions we ask while waiting. Quaiting as obedient love. Obedience, we figured out, comes with willingness. So willingness for what? Number one, willingness to serve. Service is a noble theme. Society has messed it up by making it sound like a lower standard of things to do. However, the God who made us has set us an example. And in Matthew 20, 28, he says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Are we willing to serve as we wait? To give of our time to volunteer and help a needy person or institution expecting nothing? Are we willing to give of our talents to be used for a great cause? Maybe you are good at singing and you're able to organize a concert, not to raise money to boost your talent, but to raise funds to support a children's home. There are several forms of service beyond the financial. It can be your presence or mine beside the bed of a sick one, saying nothing, just being there, presence. In our quitting, our willingness to serve will remove the complaints. Our time will be occupied with noble thoughts and themes that propel us in the right direction. So, look around you, within you. What of you can you give in service to humanity? I remember after my first master's degree, I went to country X as a volunteer. Some of my friends thought I was crazy because I could stay home and look for a job and be paid good money. But service was on my mind. My stint was one year and I would go back home. But by the grace of God, I did the best I knew how, and I ended up being hired to run programs. A few years later, I was the head of that organization. Why is this important to me? Because I realized the importance of being present, of doing the work that lies nearest, of knowing that it is not mine to please my boss, but to please God, and in so doing, my boss would see the outcomes. It was a pleasant surprise when I was asked to stay and continue the work. I ended up working with that great organization for seven solid years, starting as a volunteer. There's a small verse in the Bible that says, Do not despise the day of small things, Zechariah 4.10. So in your quitting, look around you, and you will sooner than later spot opportunities for service. Grab them, expecting nothing, but that you do your best with what lies nearest and what is in your hand. Service. Service will remove complaints. Secondly, be willing to submit. Sounds like a word most of us shy away from, right? Submission is not second-class citizenry. Submission is knowing your place and taking charge of it to benefit you and others. Submission is understanding your role and putting your tools of trade to work for a win-win solution. Submission is recognizing that you too can be guided and in that guidance, come opportunities for learning. It is not a dirty rug. Submission is the carpet upon which your motives are hidden under. And if dusty, it will show and choke. If clean, the fragrance will be undeniable. In your quitting, be willing to submit. I'm reminded of the analogy of the body. In the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, 15 to 26, 
Think of the body and its many parts. The hands, the feet, the eyes, the hands, the list is on and on. And a portion of it says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. All parts are important. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Wherever you are placed in your quaiting, you are part of a body. I am a part of a body. It could be a school, a family, a church, a relationship, or even an office. Beyond being of service, let us be willing to submit where we need to. When we know our terms of reference for our tasks, we will time our responsibilities to meet a need that will eventually not only benefit us, but benefit the body of which we are a part. We will be okay to be guided because we will realize that all parts of the body are important and have a role to play. The quitter in our story did not understand submission, and so he lost on the diamond to the one who knew what true service was and how to be a faithful servant. The question on submission comes down to who controls our minds. When we know that we are serving the Lord in whatever capacity we are, submission becomes a delight. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Romans 8, 7. So we need to submit to God first, and submitting to other authorities in obedience to God's will will be nothing but the joy of service. And lastly, quitting as obedient love is willing to stay. Some people call it stickititis. Others call it stickwithitiveness. Can we truly afford to be quitters if we want the best for our lives? No. No one promised all nice weather all year through. There will be days when you don't want to get out of bed. And there will be days when you will be so excited about a project you're working on, you will not want to go to bed. Those moments come. Will you stay for the long haul? When situations are tough and relationships are sour, when deadlines stink and the project goals are way beyond you, will you stay? When the promises are taking longer than you wanted and you're beginning to see your very skin rust, Will you? Will you stay? Staying is possible when we know our purposes, when we have submitted our plans to our creator, and when we live in the frame of mind I call possibilities. If our purposes are not clear, quitting will be a natural. If our plans are not submitted to God, quitting will be easy because we will slide into our plan B's. And when we don't see possibilities, we will quit because we will be wide awake to spot the problems instead. Stay. Stay in the realm of your calling when your purpose is clear. A clear purpose does not mean a smooth path. It means a clear mind that sees the end in sight and is willing to walk through the pebbles and the rocks to get there. Stay. Stay in the realm of his plans for you. This may change, but only for the better. Stay. Stay in the mind of possibilities. Spot opportunities. Think abundance. See continuity. Grasp multiplication. Stay. Friend, quitting as obedient love. Back to our story. Obedience is a call to faithfulness. 
Our Lord came to serve and not to be served. He obeyed his father's will, enabling us to have the power to obey like one of the two gentlemen did. We are candidates for eternal life just like they were for that job. And the wages have been paid. There will be times when he will ask us to fill baskets with water from a neighboring well. God will ask us to go into an unknown territory. The baskets in our view may have holes or they're too old. He's coming back soon to see our work. He promised he'll come back. Are we content to put in one or two bucketfuls like the one man and say, what is the good of doing this useless work because we don't see immediate results? Because in the request laid upon us, it is time consuming and walk away, throwing down our bucket of hopes and dreams and promises already given us when a reward is yet awaiting. Or are we aware that the price has been paid already and the use is the master's business? Are we going to continue the work until we exhaust the wells of the talents that he has given us, the wells of the gifts within our reach, the wells of the purposes he wants us to fulfill, until we look down and see something? Not diamond, but the pearl of great price himself who gave his life that we may have life. Until we look up to see him come to us and say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter now into the joy of the Lord at last. It won't be a diamond ring, but a crown of righteousness. And our waiting will have been all worth it because at last the only treasure we will carry into our master's kingdom is character, which is not being tested, is now being tested. Let us pass the test of obedience. Grace is ours to keep. And we will cry with joy saying, Now I see, for our eyes will have been opened for the big picture. Your waiting is not useless. Your obedience is useful. In due time, you will know and understand. Let us stay away from complaining, convenience and compromise. And let us embrace the willingness to serve, to submit and to stay. Serve, submit and stay. A mundane life is unwilling. A life of mastery is willing. Until next Wednesday. Goodbye.